My name is Mimi Bouchard, and I'm a personal development junkie that is here to help you transform your life so that you can truly tap into your ultimate potential. I'm a meditation teacher and a podcaster, and in this podcast, I am raw, I am real, and I share everything I possibly can to make this journey of self-discovery and transformation easier for you. Enjoy. Hello, everybody. I am so excited to introduce Vanessa Rosetto to the podcast today. Vanessa is a registered dietitian, the co-founder of Kulina Health, I believe yeah. is how you... Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on the pr- pronunciation of things at the moment, but... <laughs> no, you're doing great. You're doing great. Thank you. <laughs> this is only episode 240, I think, or something. Amazing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, anyway, so Vanessa is its our guest today. I'm really excited to have her on. So welcome, Vanessa. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited to talk to you about all things health, weight loss, weight management, um, nutrition, and just all the good stuff. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Amazing. So tell me what you specialize in. Like, well, tell the audience. I know what you specialize in, but you have a very niche kind of specialization when it comes to the whole uh, food, weight loss, um, you know, just industry. And I love your approach to things. Um, so I would love for you to kind of just, just to go over that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm a registered dietitian and, you know, I'm clinically trained. I worked in many major New York city hospitals and, um, I have a private practice with my co-founder Tamar and we have Kalina health. And so we specialize a lot in weight management and weight loss. I know that's like a dirty word in nutrition these days, but whatever. I think there's whatever. We could talk more about that. Um, And a lot of like medical nutrition therapy. So I basically can, because I was clinically trained, like I look at you from this, you know, science and like medicine perspective first so that I can really help you in a way that you know, you can actually see results. Amazing. And, you know, I think we're kind of on the same page with that. Like, I don't think weight loss is a dirty word. I think um, disorder eating (laughs) is a dirty word, but I don't think they're synonymous, you know, and and I've personally been through weight loss myself and it's been very beneficial for me and my health. And, you know, I think um, in today's climate, you really present things in a, in a refreshing way because you tell people it's okay to have brownies, it's okay to have desserts, but, you know, like you're just so practical the way that you explain kind of just what you do. And, and I love that. And that's really why I wanted to have you on the show. Thank you. I know. I feel like it's like, like you said, people think that weight loss and disordered eating are like the same thing. It's not the same thing. And by the way, I went to school and I'm trained. And so I can recognize if you have disordered eating and also I'm trained so that I don't give you disordered eating. And so if you come to me and you want to lose 10 pounds, I'm happy to help you lose those 10 pounds. But like, guess what? If you want to lose 10 pounds, then cookies are probably not in line every to eat every day if that if your goal is weight loss right but like and also i didn't call you you called me so i don't know why everyone is so like against it right everyone is you know you can't do this and if you want to eat the cookies and you can have like you know i eat a whole box of mac and cheese you know you're you have all these dietitians standing up and saying that they do that which i promise you they don't um and it's i, I think it's kind of reckless i think you're making people feel that you know if they're wanting to lose weight, there's something wrong with them. If they have to be structured in the way that they conduct themselves with regards to eating, there's something wrong with them. It's it's not, you know, an all or nothing kind of game. 
Um, so sometimes it can get kind of frustrating for me, as you can tell. <laughs> no, absolutely. And and I totally resonate with that. Um, so how do you get your clients to, if they want to perhaps lose weight or just improve their health. Um, what are like, I know it's so general. You can't, you can't be specific. We're not talking about one person here, but you talk about the behavior change around food. And, um, I know, you know, I think we're aligned with this as well. Like it's not just about food. It's about your relationship with food. How, what kind of advice would you give to, let's say a listener that might struggle with emotional eating or the relationship and behaviors they have around food? Yeah. So I always tell people you have 35 chances a week to eat well, whatever that means for you, you know, is up for debate, but you have 35 chances a week to reach your goal. So that's three main meals and two snacks. If you want, if you don't want to have two snacks, you don't have to, we can like make it work for you, but that's roughly the thing, right? So let's say your goal is really like, I want to be plant-based. Okay. Well, let's say I go to the Bahamas to see Mimi and (laughs) Mimi's trying to be plant-based, but she wants to take me to someplace that's like, you know, a really great steakhouse. I've never been to the Bahamas, so I'm not sure if they have good steak, but let's pretend. And so, but like, let's say for breakfast, you had, you know, an oatmeal. And then for a snack, you had um, fruit and nuts. And then for lunch, you had lentils and spinach. And then for another snack, you had um, hummus and carrots. Okay. So now it's dinner time and you decide to have a steak with me. Well, does that mean that you didn't do what you were supposed to do? Like, no, you did four out of five. That's that's a 90. You pat like, right? Like you got an A, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. an A minus, right? Mm-hmm. You did a good job. So I think if you think about it that way, right? Every meal is a new chance to reach your goal, to do better. And if you wanted, if you ate cookies and you drank wine with your friends, at, you know, at last night's dinner, that doesn't mean you have to torture yourself tomorrow morning when you wake up because you were with your friends and you were enjoying yourself and you were, you were connecting. So you, if you're going to be depressed and miserable and unhappy and complaining, then you shouldn't be going out with your friends then and drinking and having dessert because you can't handle it. <laughs> like you have to make a choice. We have to make compromise. You can't eat all the things, drink all the things, and then be upset that you didn't get to where you wanted to be. But you also don't need to beat yourself up about things either, right? You 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 can't. You, this is like, look, it's COVID. People haven't left, left their house in 10 months. Like things are rough. Like emotionally, maybe you live alone. Maybe you haven't seen anybody. Maybe it feels good to eat the cookies. That's okay. That's all right. We're just going to have to work through to get you to where it is that you want to be. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And there is a point and I've experienced it myself. Like I, I had to go through the years and years of like the, you know, yo-yo dieting, being so unhappy in my body and, you know, the emotional eating thing and, and overeating and, and all that stuff and, and come back to come down to the point where I am now after doing so much of the inner work, the mental work, the meditating on it, the journaling on it, becoming the kind of version of me that doesn't have those those bad habits um, and isn't that kind of person. And and I think it's so available to everyone to kind of change their relationship with food by doing the inner work as well. Like, gosh, it has changed everything for me personally, you know, just not grabbing uh, food or overeating to numb something that's emotional right. inside of me. Food is this beautiful thing that I love to enjoy. I love to cook. I love to this and that. And um, you know, from my personal experience of being quite strict in the past, like now I eat honestly whatever I crave. And I'm lucky to say that I crave healthy food. But if I want gluten, I'll have some gluten. And and I've never been happier with my body as well. So there is that, like, I'm just here saying like there, you can, you can have the body that you want, feel healthy and also not be obsessed with food so much, you know? 
That's right. And what you said is so important, right? You have to do the inner work. It's it's very easy to just numb yourself with food or alcohol. One time I heard this guy say, you're either addicted to shopping, addicted to alcohol, addicted to food. Figure out the one that you're addicted to, why you're addicted to it, and then get over that, right? Work to get over that. And I know it's not as easy as what he's saying, but he there is some truth to it, right? You're just trying to numb what's inside. You don't want to look at yourself. You don't want to see the mirror. So you eat. And then, and you don't think about it. And then later, right, it's this like weird fucked up pattern that we have, right? So we eat the things that are going to make us feel good in that, for that small amount of time. And then we're going to hate ourselves in the morning. And so like, why does anybody want to live like that? Mm-hmm. Why? You don't need mm-hmm. to live like that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a thing. You just have to really decide what you want, what is the goal, and then work towards it. And then there are people like me, right, dietitians that can help you. There are people who can help you with meditation. There are therapists that can, or coaches that can help you with all the inner work. Like there are resources out there that are accessible. You just have to be willing to take that first step. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I actually have my own meditations on my subscription yes. platform. So Method. Oh my God. Have you done them? Yes. They're so good. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I need to send you a membership. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah no, you're so cute. I know. I'm like, I like seriously love this girl. And maybe Oh my God. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's, it's the craziest thing because, um, people really don't think meditation like does anything, but, and I used to be one of those people, but it's like completely, it's, it's made, I've like decided a couple years ago, I was like, okay, this is who I want to be. And then over the past few years, meditating on it, I like become it. So it's crazy. It's, it's so cool. Anyway, enough about me and my meditation addiction. I, love it. I, could, I could talk about it all day long, actually. That's a different podcast. We'll talk about it. <laughs> okay, we'll do that on, an, on another podcast. I want to hear yeah. more about, you know, being a dietitian. I, I, I feel like you guys clash sometimes. Like I've heard of dietitians rip other dietitians apart. Like, are there any like big things that you hear other dietitians saying that you just really don't agree with? Um, I don't know what it would be, but, but in your kind of industry, is there, are there things that you really just want to kind of speak up about on, on what you disagree with? Yeah. I just think that a lot of dietitians are just like very, very rigid in like what they think works, you know? And it's just like goes back to this whole thing. Like, you know, they're all like now the new thing is like fuck diet culture. Like, okay, yeah, cool. Fuck diet culture. That's cool. But like, you're not eating an entire box of macaroni and cheese. So don't put on your Instagram and show people that you're doing that. And like, you can eat macaroni and cheese and be happy. And yeah, you can, if you don't care about your weight, if that's not a focus for you, then yes, of course. But like, they don't like put all these things into context. And, you know, it always feels to me that a lot of us are like jumping on whatever the bandwagon is, because there's this climb in the nutrition world, right? Like you want to be the one on television. You want to be the one writing the books. You want to be the one contributing to the articles. And so it's almost feels like by any means necessary. It's even like for a while, everything with um, Tanya Zuckerbrod and her powders and whatever. And like, I didn't, I don't care about her or what she does and, you know, whatever else everybody kind of jumped on and was slamming her and fine. I don't even really concern myself with the story, but I, I always try to say like, but guys, that woman made it possible for you as a dietitian to charge the thousands of dollars that you charge and to have, you know, bars and powders and podcasts and platforms and get paid by advertisers. That woman made it possible for you. So don't, don't ever forget that. And I, so I just think that a lot of them are very quick for like the judgment part. And I just think, you know, everybody is struggling. And so if you can't be compassionate with your peers, 
how are you compassionate with your clients and your patients? How do you truly see them? And how do you relate to them? I think mm-hmm. it's an important thing. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. You know, I think that's just the the society and the culture that we unfortunately live in these days, uh, you know, on social media, people just love to jump, um, jump the gun and just, and judge, 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 and, and cancel, 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 obviously when things are wrong, like there's measures that always come into place. And I'm sure if her products really work creating those problems for people, like they have it handled, like they can get lawyers involved separately. It doesn't need to be this like cancel culture thing where people are like threatening their kids. You know what I mean? Like, I think that's just, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was almost like, like, who cares about her? Like, who cares? I don't, I don't, it was funny because you even saw people who like interned for her, worked for her, you know, who, who never said anything about her all these years. And then like all of a sudden they were like getting on like their Instagram lives to talk about how terrible they thought she was. And it's like, you guys are lame, like get over it. Or even like recently I was in a Bon Appetit article and I just talked about how the field of nutrition is not very diverse. It's not, this is not like an opinion. This is truth. Like 81% of registered dietitians happen to be white women. That is the truth. We, and I wasn't slamming white women. I was, I was just simply stating a fact and saying how it was important for us to diversify the field. So more people can feel that nutrition and wellness is accessible for them, that they can, they can have it too. And I got like people DMing me telling me that like, I was like shaming the profession that I was speaking in opinions. And I was like, I'm not speaking in opinions. Like, get a life. Stop it. (laughs) If it's like a hard fact, then things need to change. And that makes it not accessible. And it makes, you know, perhaps the black community not really want or not think this is for them or, or, you know, it's, it's, it should be completely equal and even. And, and um, yeah, I I really like what you're doing in this space where you're really just speaking up and and making this accessible. Yeah. Like that's, that's basically what my partner and I just want to do, right? Like we are 95% insurance based. We have, you know, eight different dietitians working for us of like, not, it's not just about like the color of someone's skin too. It's like a socioeconomic diversity, right? Like you just, you have to be able to see that your practitioner like understands you. So we just like really are committed to that. And because of that, like, I know COVID was tough on like many businesses, but on our business, we actually thrived because we did make it accessible for people. And that's really important to us. What Like we want to put our money where our mouth is and make sure that at, everybody can be seen and heard and we can help them to progress and reach whatever goal it is that they want to reach. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So going back to, to what you specialize in. So, you know, my, my audience here, um, 20 to mid 30 year old woman. Um, and you know, a lot of women struggle with bodies and body image and, and, and weight loss. Right. And, um, weight loss isn't a dirty word like we were talking about before. And, and if you could kind of generally tell these women what they should potentially be doing or adding into their lifestyles, if they want to just maintain a healthy balanced body and potentially even just, you know, step into their goal body, what would you kind of generally say to these, to these women? Yeah. Well, first I would say like, stay in your own lane, right? Like you don't, just because somebody looks a certain way or whatever, you don't know, like, are they struggling? Maybe they do have disordered eating. Maybe they're like very, very unhappy. So don't always try to compare yourself to like your friend down the street and like whatever diet that they did, because, and even if that diet quote unquote, is like a sound diet, right? Like if something that is like generally like used by people and it works fine, you know, maybe it's like low carb or keto or whatever, 
maybe that's just not for you. So you don't have to feel like you have to copy that. You just have to find whatever is right for you. But like some general principles I always tell people, like don't restrict, right? Like meaning don't omit any kind of macronutrient, right? Protein, fat, or carbohydrate. Like you can have them. It's just like what kinds are you having and in what amounts? Like that's important. Also making sure that you have ample fiber. So like making sure that fiber it appears in every single meal. So for example, if you were having oatmeal for breakfast, you, you know, oatmeal has some fiber, but you could add chia seeds and also like raspberries, for example, that those would be like, that's a great way to get fiber. Then at like lunch and dinner, always making sure that you have some kind of like non-starchy green vegetable, right? Like spinach, broccoli, kale, asparagus, something like that, right? So then you know there's fiber there. Also making sure you have like one piece of fruit, like in the day, also making sure that once a day you snack on vegetables. Those are just like good, really good ways to make sure that you have enough fiber. What does fiber do? Fiber helps keep you full, right? And the, the more full you feel, the less you have, the less propensity you have towards over eating. So, and then also, which nobody does is water. I mean, people like stop me on the street, maybe they'll be like, your skin is amazing. And like, I drink water, like a hundred ounces. <laughs> so like, <laughs> drink water guys. Like, or like, you know, when people are like, I don't like water. I'm like, there's nothing to like about it. It's cold and it's wet. Drink it. So just drink the water. That's going to help you. It's going to help your digestion. It's also going to help you keep you feel, make you feel like you're full. And so those are just like good general rules from there, right? Like, if you were to eat that way and then like obviously have like appropriate amounts of protein throughout the day, let's say you're somebody that finds they binge eat at night, you're probably not going to binge eat at night, right? When all these people come to me, they're like, I'm intermittent fasting, but at night I eat a thousand calories worth of chocolate. You're like, well, then you shouldn't be intermittent fasting because you are hungry and you're overdoing it, right? They kind of look at you like you're crazy, but then they do what you say for like a week and they lose five pounds and they're like, it's really weird. I ate and I lost weight. I'm like, yeah. It's a miracle, <laughs> but it works. So I just think that, that that is something that really people should really think about is really making sure that you don't restrict because the more you restrict, the more you have a propensity to overeat, whether it's because psychologically you're giving yourself permission and or you just feel really hungry and you have no control because you didn't eat anything earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And the uh, this is the biggest thing that's helped me is just like stopping the obsession around like, okay, I'm eating this and I'm going to eat this and then I have to pair it with this. It's yeah. like just having generally really good, high quality, healthy food in the house and just like making that a habit of of what I enjoy and what I eat, right? So, yep. you know, it doesn't have to be that hard. It's just like knowing what to eat and eating when you're hungry and, and you know, having just like – for. Me personally, the the three meals a day, just like solid every day, I have something similar has really, really helped me. Just it's like that consistency and and not and just taking the, you know, the decision making out of it, right? Because like we can right. get decision fatigue all the time if we're like, okay, what do I want to have now? And then it's like blah 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 blah. So, yeah, I I totally hundred percent agree. And and um, I I like your balanced approach. You know, like I I really really think that's so important. Yeah, just like eat food. I mean, do you know how many people in the world would be so grateful to have food? So just like eat the food, but just make sure you have like eat eat the vegetables, eat some protein, drink water, you'll be okay. Like don't stop assigning um like I always feel like everyone's like assigning like personalities and like <laughs> to food, like like that food is it's evil. It's so evil if yeah. I eat it, it's bad. It's like guys, just stop. Just eat. Yeah. Just eat. And you'll be okay. Yeah. But I agree. Stop the obsession. Just eat the food. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what are some of your kind of go-to nourishing meals that you eat every day or every week? Well, I eat – well, first of all, like food items, like peanut butter is – like in my house, I think we go through like probably a jar of peanut butter every 10 days. (laughs) Like that's just like – because I have two kids. Also, I tell everybody this, but like my husband is the only human being in quarantine to get a six-pack. Like, you know, everybody was calling me because they were gaining weight and my husband was like, I'm doing okay. So that guy's always eating peanut butter too. Um, So we we just put peanut butter on everything because it's like our favorite sauce. It fixes all problems. Also, like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich is – the most delicious thing that never lets you down. So always oh. butter, <laughs> right? Like you just had a hard workout. You're like, I'm just going to have this half of a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. I'm so happy with this. So peanut butter for sure. I always, um, I really like oatmeal. I love oatmeal in the morning. Um, it just like, for me, the oatmeal is like a vehicle for the fiber. So I just like load it up with fiber. Also peanut butter is, is in it. Um, it really makes me super happy. So I love that. I also roast a bunch of sweet potatoes in the beginning of the week. And that's like a really easy thing to add to like your lunch or your breakfast. Sometimes I'll have like spinach and eggs and a sweet potato. So that's always good. I always also like on a Sunday or a Monday, just like roast a ton of green vegetables and just keep them in the fridge. That way I'm not like foraging for food. I don't, I don't want to have so many variables when it comes to what I'm eating. So I'll just like really, you know, make these vegetables. I'll make like an emergency protein. Maybe I'll like put some chicken in a slow cooker and like shred it up. That way, if I'm like running around or I haven't had time to think, I know there's like always something in the fridge. Um, also like beans. I always have beans cause that's always like quick and easy and like bad lettuce. So I just like those like staple things, like I'll have cucumbers and scallions and um, like cherry uh, tomatoes. So I can like throw a salad together really quickly and then like add like beans or eggs, make it like super simple. Um, But I think that keeping it simple too is like the best way, right? Like just having fresh ingredients, like probably for you right now where you are, you could get like everything so fresh, like lots of like nice fish and beautiful fruits. And you could just like put that all together and make like a really quick salad and not even like think about it. It's just like Mm -hmm. there and like so accessible. So just try to like keep things in season um, and like listen to your body. Like, you know, on Friday I felt like I really needed a burger. So I had one. And I felt fine. I didn't feel guilty or anything. I just felt nourished and happy that I had that burger. I don't know when the next mm-hmm. time I'll eat a burger is, but I did it on Friday and that was fine. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your uh, your take on – because, you know, I don't know about you. I've been through many different ways of eating. I was so religiously low-carb. I even went through like a keto phase a couple years ago and then I was, you know, eating more balanced and I would, you know um, – but for a long time it was low-carb and then I kind of went more – plant focused, um, you know, six months ago and experimented a bit with that. And then now I'm kind of at this point where I just eat healthy food and, uh, you know, really high quality food. And, you know, I don't eat like an overwhelming amount of of meat and I don't eat dairy too often if, unless I'm craving it. But, um, and the only gluten I really tend to eat is like sourdough bread. And, you know, my, it's, it's a very balanced diet in my eyes and and I don't, I don't feel restricted, but, you know, going back to the point, there are so many people that really swear by that low carb lifestyle. There are a lot of, you know, specialists that, you know, people follow on Instagram and, and they're like, you know, you got to eat low carb. And then there are so many people that say, no, like if it's good carbs, they're they're okay to have and and all this stuff. Like, what do you think from like a 
dietitian's perspective, like, what do you think about carbs and what do you think about those two extremes? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, every cell in your body craves carbohydrate. That is the main energy source. And even if you're low carb, it takes a little while for your body to get the message to um, use like fat at, or, you know, pr- as an energy source. So we will make carbs in the absence of carbs with through our liver. It's called gluconeogenesis. So until you get into ketosis, right? Like for if you were doing the ketogenic diet, for example, you you need to drop your carbs like pretty low, which is really kind of hard to sustain, especially if you're like a normal person who's like active and like, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty active. Like I have a new puppy that I walk, you know, five to six miles a day. I do a lot of spinning, like hard spin classes, like, you know, with my business partner, who's like a hundred months pregnant and like, we kill it in its soul cycle every, <laughs> every day. She'll be like, I don't feel, I don't feel good unless I get on that bike. I'm like, okay, girl. Like, and people come up to her at class and they're like, you're amazing. So it'd be really hard to sustain that kind of activity without carbs. But so there's that, but there's also like this thing. And I think it's just like really typical of like the American diet, right? Because in America, like everything is bigger. Whereas opposed to like every summer of my life, I I went to Switzerland. My my aunt lives there and we would go to her chalet in France and there was all these small portions and the refrigerators are tiny. And, you know, we would get groceries every day. Everything is different. But here, Mm -hmm. you know, you're eating like two cups of rice. I mean, you don't know how many times I've told clients like, okay, so the serving size of rice would be, you know, a third of a cup. And they look at me like I'm insane. And I'm like, right, but your plate has to look a certain way, right? Like, so you would have one and a half cups of vegetables. Then you would have, you know, depending on your weight and your size and your goals, but like, let's say like average, like six ounces of chicken. And then you would have the third cup of the rice. And when you eat all of those things together, you can easily see that you will be full off of that third cup of rice because they can't even under, they don't even understand or can like visualize what is a proper serving size. Right. And so the thing is, it's true. If you have too many carbs, you're going to have too much insulin. And if insulin is always high in the body, the weight is always going to be up. That's just like science. But having somewhere between, right, depending women, men, whatever, 20 to 45 grams of carb at each meal, depending on you, like for you, Mimi, right? I see like your pictures, like you probably just have like 25, 20, 25 grams of carb at a meal. That would be enough to, that would still be considered like low carb, but it would be enough to satiate you and not have you overeating later. That's like the name of the game here, right? You want to have balance where you have enough carb to keep you feeling satiated, full, energized, but not too much that releases too much insulin, but enough that it'll sustain all your exercises. So it's like, it's like that. So it's not hard and fast, but like, I don't believe that omitting carbs is the answer. And I don't believe that being super, super low carb is the answer either. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it, cause so you're going to really get into depends. this. Yeah. yeah and it's going to, you're going to get into this really dangerous place where eventually you can't keep it up. Mm-hmm. You can't. And mm-hmm. then you're going to, you're going to go the entire different way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely, completely can see that, you know, and, and I used to roll my eyes at the people that would be like, just balance. <laughs> I used to be like, no, like I'm such an intense person <laughs> sometimes. And, um, you know, just that fact, that, that fact of just chilling out with the food and, and the obsession and, and just eating, you know, just in a, in a balanced way, like just it's changed 
everything. And um, yeah, it's yeah. incredible. It's really incredible. Yeah. And I think that the thing is, is that people just aren't there yet because there's so much noise around food and there's so much like you should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing this. You shouldn't be doing this. But really, like you say, it just needs to go back to being balanced and just eating food, good quality food. If you're eating good quality food, you're going to feel full and you're not going to have all of this back and forth. But like, I mean, or even I would say this, like in the eighties, everybody was, most people were thin We and everybody ate carbs. <laughs> like We didn't like, right. The obesity epidemic has only risen as the years have gone up, right. As we've gone on in, in years. So I just think that people are confused and there's always, everything needs to be like fast and easy, right? Like, so growing up, my mother made every single meal. I ate every meal at home and I was always very, very thin. And then when I got to college where I was eating everything very processed, then I gained weight. And then, you know, after college, I lost weight partly because I moved back home and my parents, my mother was making all my meals, but my mother's meals included carbs that I didn't even know what a carb was like, right. I didn't know anything about nutrition until later. So and my parents didn't make a big deal about food or like what was in the house. Like there was soda in the house and then there was you know, and there are vegetables and fruits and we ate all of those things. So I think that that is an important lesson, right? The more that we just eat the food, enjoy the food, have the high quality food and not concern ourselves too much and not restricting any of the foods, then the better our relationship can be with the food. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally. So what, like, if you don't mind sharing, like what kind of brought you into this world? What fascinated you with becoming a dietitian? I've, I've heard a lot of stories of people in the health space that struggled with their own problems before delving in and learning about, um, you know, becoming this as a profession just because that inspired them. Have you ever had an unhealthy relationship with food? What kind of initially, uh, you know, drew you to this career path? It's so funny because I'm very lucky and I never had an unhealthy relationship with food. Even though my mother was overweight when I was a kid, my mother was overweight until I was maybe about in like the second or third grade. And then she like, I remember her doing um, like Jane Fonda workouts and then she like <laughs> lost, she lost weight. Right. And then, but that was just because she had had kids, right. It wasn't because she was this bad eater. You know, my mother wasn't somebody who was like eating sweets or whatever. Although my dad does like a lot of sweets, which is pretty funny. Um, so I, um, I just ate food and I was always thin. And then I got to college, I gained weight. And then after college, I lost weight, you know, because I wasn't eating pizza every single night and I wasn't drinking beer all the time. So that was fine. And then I decided that I wanted to know and understand why I lost the weight. So I went to a dietitian, Carrie Glassman, who's like, you know, a good friend of mine to this day. And she really explained about metabolism to me and about how she literally said, she was like, when you eat, right? If you, when you're eating, you want to have protein, fat, and carbohydrate at every single meal. Otherwise your blood sugar is always going to be spiking up and down and you're always going to be hungry and it's going to be hard for you to maintain. So we want to eat good quality foods. We want to focus on fiber and water. It was like very simple. And then she, you know, I was accountable to her and I lost probably 15 more pounds, but not even because that was really the focus per se. It was really about me just trying to understand so that I could make better choices because I really didn't understand anything about food. And 
I was always interested in science. So I was like, oh, maybe I'll go to school and like take a class and see what happens. And so, you know, I did. And, you know, here we are now. But that's really how it all came to be. So I feel very fortunate that I don't have like these triggers or like this disordered eating. I really come from a place of it was just about wanting to know. That's amazing. And honestly, I think that is so great to to take advice from someone like that because you know what it's like to have a great relationship with food and to live this way and and um yeah I think that's probably why you do so so well is uh, on top of that right yeah yeah I think though it's also helpful to because I did gain a bunch of weight in college and the thing was is that my family never had a scale so like even in high school I went to an all girls high school and all of my friends were always like dieting but I never that was like never in my world because I was just like, I don't know. I feel like I look fine <laughs> and I don't, and nobody's, I don't know. My parents don't make any comments about my weight or what I'm eating. They never did that. It, it's not like it wasn't important to them. So I never had this issue. So I feel, I do feel like very grateful for all of that, but I do know what it's like to also have to work to lose weight so I can mm-hmm. be compassionate to my clients to say like, I've been there and I understand the struggle and I know that it's hard, but like I'm working with you. I always say like, you're working for yourself and I'm working for you. So you have to meet me halfway, but I'm doing the work with you. Mm-hmm. That's such a good yeah way to kind of say it. Cause mm-hmm. you know, your, your clients, they, they have to do the work. You can't, you know, eat the food and work out and, and all that stuff for them. So you got to be a motivator as well. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I think when they see one time I had a girl say to me, I just want to be like you. Like I, every time I see pie, I want to eat the pie. And I'm like, yeah, okay. I want to eat pie too. She's like, you do. I just thought like people like you just like would never want to eat pie. I was like, why would you think that? Of course I would want to eat pie. I'm like, I mean, personally it's like chocolate pie for me, like, but you know, semantics. And her face was like, whoa, I thought that like, you just like, didn't enjoy food. I was like, oh my gosh. No, I enjoy food, my friend. So it's just interesting like what people's perceptions are of you. And and I don't think that I I present that. I feel like I'm very like authentic and I'm not like, eat the wheatgrass. I'm like wheatgrass tastes like shit. Don't eat that. <laughs> so like <laughs> just who wants to eat grass, right? Like so I think I I am pretty honest and open about those things, but you know, people just take whatever they want and uh go with it, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time, Vanessa. This has been yeah. such a nice conversation and you're so easy to talk to and I just love your whole vibe. And and I think my audience does as well. Where can everyone find you on, on Instagram and where can they check you out? Yeah, they can find me at Vanessa Rosetto RD and then they can also find me um, at Kalina Health. So come visit us. Yay. Thank you so much. You.